Welcome back to the Deliberate Leaders Podcast. I am your host and executive coach, Allison Dunn. I'm pleased to introduce our guest, Jack McGinnis. He is an executive team coach and co-founder of Relationship Impact, which is a consulting firm focused on helping organizations build great teams. Jack has served as uh, within the United States Army 10th Mountain Division. He was COO of a, a boutique management consulting firm and CEO of a contract packaging company. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing how to build great leadership teams. Jack, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I love to kick these off with a deliberate conversation. Okay. What would be your number one leadership tip for our listeners today? Um, let's see. So I, I think, um, you know, that one of the challenges we see in the, the executive teams we work with are, are many executive teams is are their ability to have tough conversations with each other. Um, so, and there's a lot to that, but, uh, recognizing that that's tough and leaning into, uh, whatever is getting in your way of, of having those kind of tough conversations. Jack, I would say um, 100% of my coaching sessions are focused on how to have those tough conversations. Is there any um, equation and or formula or method that you lean on for that, that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, sure. So, so um, within, again, the work that I do and my partner do is all focused on working with uh, the leadership teams of growing companies. So um, without the formal team leader, the president, the CEO, whatever, whatever that looks like, um, modeling um, the behaviors necessary to have the tough conversations, really, really difficult to set that up. And that, and that's just basic stuff like um, the ability to receive feedback well. Uh, without defensiveness or without overreacting, um, that type of thing. Um, Not being judgmental when someone else has something to put on the table, even if it's not the smartest idea you ever heard. Um, Just creating an environment where people uh, feel comfortable uh, challenging each other, confronting each other, discussing important ideas. um, That that's... Yeah, that I would say model modeling from a leadership uh, from a CEO is is really really important. Okay, so that's so not a magic bullet because there's a lot to that as well. But 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 for it sure. is what. Yeah, it's a major part of where it starts. Yeah, though. sure. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Um, so we're going to talk today about how to build great leadership teams. I'm just um, so my, I guess my first question is what gets in the way of leadership teams being just effective in general? Yeah, I mean, it gets it does get back to uh, the ability for teams to you know have what we call productive dialogue or their ability to debate, challenge, confront uh, each other on the most important important issues they're facing without um defensiveness, the passive great behavior, uh, aggressive behavior that, that goes on um, without lobbying the CEO, that, all, the, all those things. So, so to, to be able to have the top, tough conversations in a productive manner um, is both a, you know, a productivity accelerator and a relational accelerator as well. 
Um, what is the approach that you use to helping uh, build great leadership teams? So we have a, we have a, a point of view that then one of the reasons we started the company 13 years ago is um, we we believe that leadership teams are different and they're not just any any team and that it's really um, important that teams recognize that they have impact down down the chain in their organization. So if there's dysfunction at the leadership team level, it typically, in our experience, build uh, bleeds down into the rest of the organization. So, so really important that leadership teams recognize that that impact that they have in an organization as an accelerating body or as a you know hindrance sometimes. Um, and so that's that's the first thing is you know getting teams to recognize that and getting teams to recognize and the executives on teams to recognize that. Uh, being on a being on a leadership team requires some different um, capabilities and skills beyond their technical capabilities. They, it, they, they have to manage complexity well. They have to have a sense of foresight rather than just thinking about today. That, and potentially, most importantly, they have to they have to think about uh, what's best for the organization. And almost take the CEO's perspective. What's you know we call it a greater good perspective. Like what and try to put that hat on as as best they can, recognizing that's that's a tough challenge as well. So creating the mindset is the first thing around what why is a leadership team different? Why is it so important? And why why can it be so impactful uh, is the first step. And then and then the other part, the other part of our point of view is that we believe that great leadership teams have. And I, and I think this goes for most teams is great leadership teams have two uh um, you know, discrete components that are very, inter you know, interrelated with each other. The first is a set of structural factors for building a great team, and then a set of relational dynamics that, uh, that help, you know, build strong leadership team dynamics. So, uh, for, for structural things are things like, do you, you know, do you, do you have folks that have that mindset that we just talked about? Do they, um, do they have a sense of what problems they're supposed to be? <laughs> my yeah, so so I, I think uh, structural things are, are really like, do you have the right uh, folks with the right mindset on the team? Like the, the things we just talked about. Also, do, do does the leadership team have a sense of what problems it's supposed to be tackling together versus versus, you know, as individual function or business unit leaders? And then, you know, does it have a sense, of, does it have a good cadence, a good operating rhythm behind, behind it? Um, so those are some of their structural things. Um, and then the relational dynamics are potentially most important part of, part of it. And, and it, it um, without strong relational dynamics, the structural stuff doesn't really work well. So relational dynamics are, do you, do, do people on a team trust each other? Do they, not, not, not so much do they like each other, but do they trust each other's capability, their character, um, so that they can have the, the tough conversations necessary to move the organization um, forward? And finally, can, can they hold each other accountable without just the CEO in the room? That's kind of a nirvana state. It's hard to get to. Um, but those two things have a strong relationship with each other. It, you know, the Bad structure can lead to finger pointing, bad dynamics, 
and then you try to put good structure in place and it, it you know, there's not, not a lot of trust in it. So, so um, those, that, that's kind of the framework we use um, to help uh, folks think about what does a great team look like. Um, I'm sure that you can think of some examples, but um, I, you know, I know that often if the structure has, or the the wrong people or the wrong leadership has been shown, it's incongruent, right? Like what they expect, not mm-hmm. they're um, being treated. How do you, how do you actually get to a core of the underlying problems with the team so that they can become great? Yeah. So, so one of the things we do up front, you know, like any great consultant, you, you do the diagnostic work, like you, you, you know, we interview, we spend a lot of time getting to know our sales cycle is very long because it take we take a long time getting to know a CEO and also many members of the leadership team, if not all of them, uh, before we even are engaged. So it, um, you know, so they have a sense that we're there working on their behalf, not just the CEO's behalf. So we spend a lot of a lot of time on on you know, and then we try to find out what do they think's getting in the way. What, what how do they think they're contributing and getting in the way? And then one of the tools we use is a third party instrument um, from a, from an organization called Team Coaching International. It's a it's a diagnostic that measures productivity. Uh, sorry, it measures. Uh, structural factors and relational factors and the interplay between the two of them. And we use that as a baseline uh, vehicle for having some good discussions about what, you know, this is how they evaluated themselves. This is how their direct reports evaluated them. Sometimes this is how the board assessed them. And this is what, you know, this is what it looks like. What, What These are the things that potentially get in the way, like their inability to have tough you know, constructive dialogue with each other, for example. Um, and and we use that as a baseline for helping them to uncover what's getting in their way and then making some commitments as a collective entity to do something different. Um, so it's not us telling them what to do. It's them kind of coming to their their own uh, conclusions about what, what does that look like and what, what do we want to do about it? Um, so that's that's the that's the first part. Um, what would in that scenario? What would the leader's role be in helping to um, uh, build that great team? So the leader's role is again, as I said, modeling for sure. Number one, and then really kind of getting out of the way. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of things what we find are mo- you know the lobbying the CEO behind this. We'll have a great team meeting, and then someone will say, go to the CEO and say, "Yeah, I don't think that idea was very good. Why don't we?" And this put helping the CEO just say, "Hey, look, you know, why don't you go talk to you know your colleague about what, what that looks like and come back." Uh, with some ideas, but, but uh, so that's not modeling is number one. And then participating as a team member um, as best they can um, to help with the diagnostic diagnostic work um, rather than dominating the work. Fantastic. Um, I appreciate the approach that you've kind of outlined. How, um, how do you measure the effectiveness of the work that you do with companies? Yeah, so it's really up to them to measure it. It's it's um, and and that is 
we use the diagnostic instrument as a baseline. You know, they, they make collective commitments to do stuff differently. Like that could be as simple as, you know, we don't really focus on what problems we're solving together. And so we have, we're kind of spastic around how we're doing that, right? What are the big issues we're, we're solving together? So we're going to spend some time and over the next 12 months, what, what are the one or two things that we should be tackling and getting, getting in a rhythm on? So they'll make some uh, decisions about that. The, the other decision might be to, to establish some ground rules or operating principles or norms around how is it that we're going to behave together? You know, and on the, on the extremes, it's, you know, as stupid as, coming to a meeting and throwing your phone in a box because people have not been very disciplined about how they deal with that to see more serious of, we're not gonna talk about each other outside the confines of this, you know, not say bad stuff about each other outside the confines of this, uh, of our team. Um, those are types of ground rules. And, and uh, um, so the, those commitments they make to each other and, and their uh, feeling of are we making progress on those things and are the folks under them feeling like they're making progress is is how we measure it and, you know and we use this diagnostic tool to evaluate in the beginning and the middle and towards the end of an engagement um, and that that it's it's a way it's it's really kind of a, a, a an objective way of measuring a fairly subjective you know, science is there um is there a right size for um what a great you know how many people should be at the table to make a great team um i don't really have a strong opinion on that you know i'd say 20 is too many and two's probably not enough uh, and so but it really depends on this and you know i work with um some startup companies where it's just the COO and the CEO maybe, or they don't even define themselves as that, um, to some larger companies where there's uh, an executive team and then a set of leaders under them. Um, and, you know, they call it a senior leadership team, for example. And, and, and so, you know, that might have 13, 13 or 14 people on it. You know, definitely dynamics are harder to manage when you get when you get larger, but, uh, but can be done. Okay. And I guess, um, I know that, um, I get the question often. I'm just curious what your insight into this would be is assuming that a team has, um, specific things that they are focusing on to move mm -hmm. the organization forward. How consistently should they be meeting? Um, again, it really is dependent upon, on, on, um, their capabilities to communicate well uh we we see some folks that have to meet a couple times a week on specific new initiatives that they're tackling together versus other groups that are you know are really kind of good at dividing and conquering and then coming back together and and uh and so it really does depend on the on the team composition and the, and the dynamics of the people at, that are at the table from our, from my perspective at least well i appreciate that um, Jack, thank you so much for your insights on this particular topic. What no is problem. what is the best way for people to follow and or connect with you? Sure. So so um, 
the the best way to get me is at, at my website at relationship-impact.com and uh you'll get bombarded right away when you go to the site about buy, potentially buying my book so my my new book is uh was re- launched on amazon in uh in the middle of june and it's called building great leadership teams so so that that's a good way to that's a good way to learn more about what we do as well fantastic thank you so much for your time today my pleasure thank, thank you for you for having me you.